Thank you for listening to this podcast from Emanuel Church in Birmingham, Alabama. If you would like to learn more about Emanuel or find more resources like this one, visit our website at emanuelbirmingham.com. Um, okay, well, we've been talking about public theology and theological anthropology and specifically about race and racism, and we've done a lot of looking at, you know, the three options that I've sort of, you know, you can maybe splice that down into six options or, you know, group it into two options or whatever, but, um, but it seemed to me like there are three real options out there. Um... And, uh, and so we're finally at the evaluation stage, thankfully. Come on in. Um, and uh, this week, I just wanted to kind of gather. This is a gathering stage for, for this evaluation from everybody here. Um, the plan is to, you know, overall in the evaluation process is to look at the biblical storyline. So what does the Bible say? Okay. Um, and then, you know, what does the evidence suggest? Kind of look at the cultural analysis piece, you know, um, because it's one thing to say, okay, here's generally what the Bible says. Now, do we see that in the world in any kind of, you know, objective or empirical way? Um, and then kind of a theological critique at the end and see that, um, you know, the Bible may cut across a few different um, of those options and worldviews. Um, so that's the, the plan um, for the next while. Um, and so um, starting with the, the storyline, we have creation. And some of the questions that I was thinking would be, you know, important to ask as you're thinking through the biblical data is, you know, how were we made? What is our purpose? How should we relate to each other? We've answered some of those, so we'll kind of just very quickly revisit that since we've done that. We're not going to do that today. And then there's not just creation, but then there's the fall. So if creation is us in our perfect existence pre-sin in the world, then there's the fall. And so how have we been distorted individually? How have we distorted our you know, vision of ourself? Um, and then how have we distorted our vision of others? I think those are questions that are going to be important as we think about uh, race and racism, specifically racism. Um, then we move into redemption. Um, so this is the period, at, you know, basically beginning Genesis 4 all the way to um, Christ, uh, you know, coming um, and, and beyond. So how has Christ redeemed our sense of self? How has Christ reconciled us to others? How is Christ bringing shalom to the world? And, uh, and when I say shalom, um, you know, that word is not just peace, which a lot of us, you know, when we hear that, that's what we think of. But peace is also, or shalom is also welfare. Um, it's got elements of justice in it, uh, prospering, flourishing. Um, so it's this holistic sense of um, of peace in the ultimate sense. So everything that's necessary for peace is captured in that concept of shalom. So how is Christ bringing shalom to the world? Uh, not just individuals, but all of creation. Um, because, you know, that's part of the question is like this issue of justice in society. 
Um, so shalom is a big issue and question there. And then consummation. So when Jesus returns and makes all things new, what do relationships in the perfect society look like in light of the diversity of interest in people? Um, so the idea is that we'll ask these questions and maybe some more after today, and then we'll put together all the answers and try to synthesize into like a, a clear, more succinct picture of what the Bible says about this. And that's what we typically call systematic theology. This would be what uh, theologians do is called biblical theology. So we're working from Genesis to Revelation, seeing how progressively different ideas are being developed and revealed. And then systematic theology says, based on, on that, how do we condense it down to kind of the fine point of it, basically? Um, and so what I wanted to do today was, since this is a shared project that we're in, and I'm also trying to equip you all to be better theologians and, um, and uh, interpreters, I wanted to actually bring us into the process of being theologians. All right, so, um, you know, what are the questions that we need to ask if we feel like we're going to actually begin getting at the answer? Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And so I've provided some, some starting points of what I think are probably non-negotiable questions, but there might be some that I miss that are not also non-negotiable. And I just didn't think of them. Um, but I thought this is a good place to start, and then we can try to add more to make sure we don't miss any. And um, if someone would mind being the scribe for me in this session, probably someone at a table here um, writing down the additional questions, um, and then in two weeks, we'll come back and begin actually putting that work uh, on display. Does that make sense? You guys with me? All right, yeah. So I say two weeks because next week we will not have equipped class. I repeat, next week we will not have equipped class. Um, yours truly will be preaching, and I only have so many hours in the week, so I have to prepare for that. Um, and thankfully, Austin was you know, the one who suggested that and was very gracious. Um, so, two weeks we will come back and try to put the work, or my work, that I've done on these and more questions together. Alright, so what do we think? What, uh, what questions might be missing in these different categories um, that we think would be pretty crucial to understanding the concept of what racism is and, you know, what the Bible says about it, etc.? Who's going to be my scribe, by the way? Oh, thank you, Art. I think I should note to um, think through how to, how to word this. Um, I can well, but I think um, under redemption... There is, um, how Christ redeemed our sense of self, and has Christ reconciled us to others, and so that's with individual and then interpersonal. How's Christ bringing shalom to the world? I think it gets collective, but I'm just thinking, dancing around the idea of like collectively, like um, maybe more specifically under that, how's Christ bringing shalom to the world? Like how, um, and maybe more specifically, like how. Maybe it's just lumped in there, but I, I like to be more specific. I guess and like how 
on the work of Christ like shapes the culture, like, like society. Yeah, how collectively um, our thinking and our relationships and um, how we do justice is shaped. I don't know. I guess I I would like to flesh that out a little bit more specifically. Like that feels very very broad. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, we're, we tend to hyper focus in on like how like the, the you know individual mm-hmm. I think that the collective like cultural piece of it is so big that I'd like to mm-hmm. I don't know maybe have some questions under that <laughs> no that's good that, that's good and 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 I did have that in mind so that's um so I was thinking what you're thinking mm-hmm. um and I just tried to put it in a a more principled way you know that's kind of big and broad but it is maybe admittedly too broad but I was thinking more so like yeah. in society how does Christ bring, you know, shalom, which includes justice, peace, righteousness? Yeah. Um, how do those things, how, what, what is his intention for that? Given, and this is the hard part, um, we're not in a theocracy anymore. So we can't just read Old Testament Israel and just map that over onto America today, mm-hmm. right? We all agree with that. Um, sometimes, though, we tend to, on this topic, we tend to take principles related to justice and say, oh, well, you know, here it is. And so, boom. And we don't do that with anything else <laughs> with Israel for good reason, because we're not the new Israel. Um, and so it's a, it's a little a bit of a, an interesting maneuver to come from Old Testament into modern day, pluralistic, non-theocratic society with competing visions of the good. I, I don't have an answer for that, and so I'm, I'm not sure, Lord willing, by the time we get to this one, you know, like I'll have something thought-provoking for us to work with, but um, that's a big one. But that's, that's good. That's right. Thank you. And if you end up drilling down on even like a more narrow, specific question, I mean, questions are so important because they help shave off so much of the wasted time that you're just trying to find your way to the right, you know, Thing or whatever. So the right questions are huge. I guess it would go under redemption, or maybe I'm not fully understanding you know, what you're trying to do. This is broken. This is all the brokenness. Yeah. And then this is the fixing, Christ fixing. Okay, so we're living somewhere in between the redemption and the consummation. We are. Uh, yeah, so we're living in this, and it's happening, and it's moving to this. So the three questions that we have under redemption are all about the work that Christ did, and I think there needs to be something in there about what do we do now that Christ has done that for us. How do we live that out, and what does that look like? And so something about our, our work that we do in this you know, area or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of that partnership with Christ, you know, in the world as, you yeah, know. Ultimately, Christ is the one who is bringing shalom into the world, but he's doing it through, it through people. Like
Mm. So yeah, under consummation in the per, you know. Yeah, that's a interesting question because, you know, obviously with the absence of sin, then the notion of justice the implicit in it is that there is injustice. You know, like when there is no injustice, then justice is kind of a moot concept. You know. Um, She said in the perfect yeah, society, what right? We, yeah, what are we aiming for? Yeah. What, yeah, what would a perfectly just society look like? Or what we, you know, what should we be implementing in light of the gospel to have a just society, right? Like, so just not, not only what relationships look like, but what would justice, what would a just society look like? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we can be perfect. There's no need for justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ultimately, but like... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you 100%. And so the goal, that's really so important. That's why I love, you know, this part of theology is just helping us have in view, like, what's, you know, that's the, that's the benefit that we have, that, you know, secular, you know, um, philosophers and cultural critics and whatever that they don't have is they don't actually have anything resembling an actual answer, like an, a, a typology, like, like, what is the end going to be? You know, what, there is a perfect model. Now, we, it, ascertaining that fully is the hard part, right? But we have, like, at least pieces. They don't have anything, so they have to just kind of make it up. I mean, in a really sophisticated way, obviously, but nonetheless, like, we actually have something that we can, that can inform from the end part of the, the middle, the process, what we're doing now. Man, that's so loud. I don't have a, a specific question, but under that kind of redemption category, um, I think, you know, we, we won't see that perfect society until consummation, so we're still suffering under the consequences of the fall there. Um, we aren't the only ones here in the world, uh, and unfortunately, we know that many will refuse Christ. Mm-hmm. And so what does that balance look like, us pursuing biblical justice, biblically right relationships, while also um, not meshing with the world, uh, but how do we communicate like these principles to others in a way that they understand? Like, for example, I was speaking with um, a Hindu man about ethics mm-hmm. this week, mm-hmm. and his view on things were completely different because we have two completely different worldviews. Um, they're not always, you can't mesh them together all the time. Um, and we have, we have a sense of there is one right. Whereas mm-hmm. the rest of the world would say maybe there's multiple ways. Yeah. There's something else. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's, and that gets at something we said a minute ago just about, um, you know, Christ bringing justice or shalom to the world and how you can't just, you know, hit copy paste from Old Testament because we live in a pluralistic society now um, and not a theocracy. And so you do have these competing visions of the good life and of ethics, obviously. And um, what's a system in which everyone has the opportunity to flourish and has the, what's the system in which everyone has the maximal opportunity to flourish and the, um, the minimal amount of coercion? 
Does that make sense? Is that even, I don't know if, the, that seems like a good thing to me. Your freedoms are preserved to the extent that they don't negatively impact others. Yeah? I don't, what do you guys think? What's the negotiation between, like, people being able to live the way they want and yet us still have, like, a fair and just society? I, I, I mean, we don't have to go all the way deep into that, but, I mean, that's kind of what, that's the challenge that we're facing is how much we impose whatever we come up with at the end of this onto people, a society of people who, you know, 320, 340 million Americans, you know, a lot of them are Christians, but even of those people, they would not subscribe to a lot of things that we might come out with right here, you know, let alone Hindus and Muslims and, you know, atheists and agnostics and hedonists and, you know, the list could go on, all the ist. So I guess that, that then raises the question, what are our prerogatives with reference to other people bearing the image of God? Are we, are we tasked to force them to be good? And that my answer to that. But. Yeah, and so, with, so that question, that's, that, okay, so that's one side of that question, which is a, a really good one, and it, raised, and, and it puts a fine point on something that's important. But then the other side of that question is, um, so, so person A here, are we tasked with making them good? Mm -hmm. Person B here is the victim of person A. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to protect person B here from the harms of person A. And so the other side is not so much about them, it's about them. And in order to protect them, we're trying to make them good. So just, I can hear that in my you know, had someone thinking like, well, this is actually more about the dif disenfranchised. You know, this is the, um, yeah, the destitute and the underprivileged and so on and so forth. James, we, uh, we are looking at some starter questions for the evaluation process um, of like as we read and think through the whole biblical portrait of, you know, trying to get at this issue of racism and begin to evaluate it, understand what it is, et cetera, these are some questions I've started us with. And um, I've kind of opened it up to everyone to try to say, hey, you missed one. <laughs> you know, here's some questions because um, we're all theologians and the question is just how good are we? Um, and so... You know, we can't get out of it just because we're not, you know, standing up here teaching the class or have, don't have a seminary degree or whatever. We're all theologians. And so my job is to help us all be better ones, and myself included. And so I'm bringing you guys in to the process of being a theologian. So you have to gather the biblical data, and this is biblical theology. And then we'll move it and try to bring all that data into, like, the fine points, and that's systematic theology. And then the next step after that is to then look at the world and say, you know, do we have any evidence for, you know, this kind of behavior, you know, empirically, objectively, that we can discern in the world? And then we'll make some kind of conclusions or whatever. So that's kind of what we're doing today is just trying to say, you know, we don't want to miss any major questions that need to be asked. Quick 
when you could throw under the fall is how we distorted our vision of God. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because that obviously has immediate bearing on then how we view people because people are made in the image of God. And that's a very basic one. I should have put that up there. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, that's a great question. Okay. People will still turn in? Or you want to move to the next thing? My wife is telling me to move to the next thing. Okay. Um, great. So, uh, this next part, we haven't done this before, but I'm experimenting. Okay, so feedback is welcome at the end. Uh, and please, hopefully this is not condescending, but I am a college professor. Um, and so... Uh, what I do with my students is um, we often will have some sort of thing like this and then um, we'll sort of uh, break into smaller groups and we'll do a thing, all right? So I'd like to do a thing in smaller groups. Can we do that? Is that anybody opposed to that? Okay, good. Yes, all right. You will need some form of Bible. Electronic is fine, probably good even, because then you can search things that you can't quite remember. Um, you know, it's like a built-in concordance. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, I would like to take these three things, fall, redemption, and consummation, and I'd like to divvy them up and have you work on some of these questions. 